0: You're listening to Orange Blaze, a Florida Trail podcast.
1: You know, I'd always thought, you know, that I wanted to have this big, I, I don't know, I always like had this idea of how passing the bar would go, you know, with with the people in my life and how I would spend it with them. And, and it was just a really, a really interesting change in that the way it had ended up happening is that I was sitting alone on a dirt road in the woods writing that I passed the bar in the sand. Like that was how I celebrated it. Um, and I don't know, like it, it was, it, it was just a weird, it was a weird experience. I, I don't know if it wasn't, it wasn't bad. It wasn't, you know, great. It wasn't, it wasn't anything. It was just how it was kind of supposed to work out and be.
0: That was Amanda Kincaid known on the trail as Coldylocks. Amanda is a section hiker and a lasher, which sounds a little bit like LARPing, which is live action role-playing but instead it actually means long ass section hiker. This term is new to me and Amanda explains what exactly a lasher is in our conversation as she's finished about 400 miles of the PCT, the AT and most recently the Florida trail. Amanda was out on the Florida trail this late spring, attempting a flip flop through hike of the Florida trail before illness forced her off the trail in South Florida, Florida resident. Amanda is now working full time as a lawyer and attempting to complete her hike at the Florida trail before the end of the year. In this episode, you'll also hear us talk about her work as an ambassador with the Granite Gear Groundskeepers during her hike on the Florida Trail, which I found motivating and fascinating in the realm of leave no trace ethics. Also, a note when you get to the part where we're talking about electronics on the trail, I mentioned a hiker by the name of Wireless, and I totally meant wired, which I'm sure a great many of you are already familiar with due to her extensive long distance hiking resume. So my apologies wired for having a brain freeze on your trail name. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving a rating and review on iTunes or Stitcher and don't forget to hit subscribe in your favorite podcatcher or tell your hiking friends about this podcast. You can find me on Instagram at Orangeblaze Podcast or find me at orangeblaze.thegardenpathpodcast.com to listen to the podcast, leave a comment, or reach out to me. Thanks and happy hiking! Oh, okay. All right. Okay. Well, let's get started. So um, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, I guess if you want to introduce yourself um, to everybody who would be listening, um, who you are and where you're from and and then how you came to the Florida Trail. Uh, So
1: I'm Amanda, Amanda Kincaid. Uh, My trail name is Coldilocks and I'm born and mostly raised in Florida. I spent about 10 years of my life in California and I came to the Florida Trail through the Pacific Crest Trail. Um, I had tried to hike it, and then when I got injured and came home, my parents lived about five miles from the Florida Trail, and I jumped on it for the first time as a sort of—I don't know—like attempt at keeping the hiking going when I came back from the West Coast.
0: Okay, and um, yeah, wait. So let's talk about that you started on the PCT um, and I think you started with your dad. So how did you get the backpacking bug then?
1: So originally my, so my dad was a survival survivalist in the air force. And so he's always been very outdoorsy and, you know, loved backpacking and hiking and running around in the mountains and the wilderness. And that wasn't really a part of my childhood. I was a tree climber as a kid, but we didn't really camp or anything. And then in, my junior year or sophomore year, between my sophomore and junior year of college, my dad took me up to Glacier for like, I think it was like three or four days. And we backpacked for the first time and we car camped. And I had a really good time with him. And like, Glacier was gorgeous, but I mean, you know, it hailed and it was miserable and it was filthy. <laughs> and I wasn't exactly like enamored with like being in the woods outside. Um, but after that, you know, I really like spending time with him. And so after, uh, I graduated from undergrad, um, he wanted to do the Pacific Crest Trail and my mom wanted him to go with someone. And I said, okay, originally I'd been like, why don't we do two weeks somewhere? And he's like, why don't we do 2000 miles? And I was like, <laughs> I guess, I mean, if that's what you want. <laughs> and so, you know, we started on the PCT together. Um, he rolled his ankle our first day. And ended up getting off um, 20 miles in and I was super bitter about taking a year off to hike this trail with him and then he got injured and so I was like not going to go home and just do nothing. So I kept going and ended up just falling in love, you know. I don't know if the trail brainwashed me or if I just figured everything out, but I totally fell in love with being outside and hiking in the trail system.
0: Yeah. And so, yeah, you're hiking in the desert, which is, you know, definitely different than Florida. But I mean, you're familiar with that from living in California. Were you from Southern California? Or what region were you familiar with already?
1: Um, So I lived in the Los Angeles area, Granada. Okay. But I mean, I wasn't really outdoorsy. So it's not like I like spent time in the desert. I think I went on maybe like two small day hikes the whole eight to 10 years I lived there. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Then, But
0: you may, made it like, Three or four hundred miles on the PCT, though, right?
1: Yeah, I made it, I make it about four
0: hundred miles every hike. <laughs>
1: <That's> <laughs> about my stopping point.
0: Yeah, and then you you got off, and after that, I you went on the AT for southbound, right? Yeah. Well, I took about three years off to
1: get a law degree. Okay. You know, just a, just a quick break. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then, uh, as soon as I finished that first leg of, of the law life since um, the bar exam i think it was maybe three or four days and i was up in maine going south on the appalachian trail uh, which was really late it was august which is really late for southbound um and i made it about 400 miles and <laughs> i got off
0: oh man were you like were you mad at yourself for not finishing or just kind of felt like okay i did 400 miles i'm good
1: i think that i don't think i've ever had a hike where i've gotten off at for the reasons I've had to get off of these hikes where I haven't been upset about it um and it's gotten a little bit less like I've gotten less angry at myself each time I fail but (laughs) I think it's always a little heartbreaking um it's it's not hard when you just call it and you're done you know when you're done you know and you're like I want to be out here it's easy to kind of you know walk away but when something like breaks down like physically and it pushes you off trail, it kind of breaks your heart because you're not ready. You know? Right. Um, they have a saying, they is in the hiking community have a saying, yeah. <laughs> um, which is never quit on a bad day. Right. It's the whole point is like, you know, you're going to have miserable days on trail, but if you quit on a bad day, you're going to regret it. So like when you quit and you're just, it's because, you know, like on the AT, I ended up being on doxycycline, which just destroyed my body. And you know, I ended up, you know, I, there was no way I was going to be able to keep hiking on it. And so I had to quit because of that on the Florida trail. Um, it was, uh, heat exhaustion or yeah, heat exhaustion or heat dehydration or whatever. Um, yeah, heat exhaustion. And it was just, you know, I quit because of that. I didn't quit because I was like, this sucks. I want to go home. Like, right. <laughs>
0: so, you know, it's a little demoralizing, but just keep going, I guess. Right. So, I mean, do you think yourself as a section hiker now as, are you going to, with plans maybe to return to both of those long trails. And I mean, obviously you're going to be going back to the Florida trail and you have already done the Florida trail, but are the others on your agenda at some point?
1: Yeah. I mean, I definitely like them to be, I think my favorite, my favorite thing that came into existence in the long distance hiking community was the term lasher because section hikers get a really bad rep. You know, they're kind of like day hikers and like they go out on, they're weekend warriors and you're like, I don't know. And after you do 400 miles, you're kind of like, I don't want to be like a day hiker. I want to be more than that. You know, like, I I feel bad being like, there's different, there's different, there's lines between the hikers and section hikers are not great. But like, I mean, because they are, I'm a section hiker, but, um, yeah, so this, there's this entire community built now that's called Lashers, which are long ass section hikers. Ah, there you go. I I view it as people who don't make it on their through (laughs) life because like, you know, when you're in the thru-hike community, even if you're not, you don't finish, you still feel like a part of the community. Right. So it's kind of nice to be able to fit into this quasi-like community that's not like the people that go out only on weekends and do like 10 miles um, versus the people who actually do the full 2000. But right. uh, yeah, my goal for Florida, I hope, I'm hope hoping to finish the whole Florida trail this calendar year. So by January 1st, I'm hoping to be done with Florida. And um a series of longer sections and then weekend stuff. And then, you know, I mean, I don't know what, what'll, what'll happen in the future, but, you know, barring any major life event, I would assume that I would get out and, and ideally complete a through hike of, you know, the AT, the PCT or both. Um, but, you know, you never know. Those might be things I do when I'm
0: retired. <laughs> no, I like that term too. And, and I think that I don't like the people who disparage section hikers either, because I mean, they're, they're doing it the hard way. They're having to like put their life on hold for, you know, chunks of time or find the time to, uh, you know, try to get in shape just for going out for two weeks. And then the rest of the year they're, you know, at their office job. So
1: yeah. Yeah. I um, mean, definitely, yeah. There's definitely, well, and I think the thing with section hiking is just like, it's just so broad you know, because section hiking can be going out for like if you do 10 miles of the AT every weekend, you you know, you're a section hiker, you're doing it in day hikes, you know, right. or you can also do a 1000 miles of the AT every other year or 200 miles, you know, like it's, there's such a large, vast, like variation in section hiking that I'd I guess, like, almost being able to break it up between lashing versus versus those day hikes type of things is kind of I think it's kind of nice just right because, you know I don't know right I, I feel I feel cooler when I'm doing a 400 I feel different when I'm do- not cooler but different when I'm doing a <laughs> stretch versus when I go out on a day hike or a weekend hike well <laughs> yeah I'm definitely making that right anyway so I consider myself a lasher and a section hiker <laughs> okay
0: <laughs> I <consider mine. laughs> no I, I saw that lash um Title in your Instagram, and yeah. I was I wasn't sure what that meant. I was like, it has to mean something long hiking related, but long hiker. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So I did see on your Instagram too that you had contemplated entering the PCT again or starting back from where you left off, maybe. Um, so what happened with that idea, and from and switching to the Florida Trail?
1: So initially. After I finished law school, my original plan was to jump on the AT, do the AT until about January, and then do the Florida Trail until March, and then start the PCT. Oh, okay. And so my first plan was to basically be on trail all year. And then when I had um, when I got put onto doxycycline, that took me off trail for a month. Um, and then my licensing exam, I kind of had this choice where I was either gonna winter hike stuff right after being uh, on this really harsh antibiotic where I was going to just, you know, for, say, forget it, cut a trail out and, uh, do, um, take this, take this exam I had to take again. And I originally had planned on, you know, doing the Florida trail and jumping out onto the PCT again. And then when I got sick on the Florida trail that killed, you know, the idea of being able to go back out on right. the PCT.
0: And so I got a job. Like, right. <laughs> <laughs> you went from exciting to, oh, job.
1: <laughs> I know, I know, I know. And I mean, I love my job, but, you know, it's just like I had planned on having a very different year. Um, But, you know, things, things happened. There was, there was no way, like, if I had been, if it had been something that had a timing that I guess I felt like I could push, I would have. But heat exhaustion so tricky that I didn't want, like, I tried to get back out into Florida during the summer and it, it wasn't working. I kept getting sick. And so I just was like, there's no way I'm gonna make it through the desert if I'm already dealing with heat exhaustion um on a trail where people die in the first 20 miles. Like right. <laughs> so I was like maybe I should just not do it this year.
0: <laughs> well maybe you could try a southbound on that next year or a yeah. few years from now. So
1: or flip. Or flip flop. And right. southbound is hard on the PCT. You gotta make real miles. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. I had, um, I do have some AT friends who did do it southbound and it was, and I was watching some northbounders uh, that year too. So seeing the differences, um, I don't know, it seems like a much quieter hike going south, that's for sure. So. Well, and I'm sure based on what I've heard, it was a much quieter hike in 2014 than it is now. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> I think all the trails are were quieter in 2014 versus now. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, yeah, so I guess... You had trail legs basically for from the AT, but how did you prepare to, um, you know, start your Florida trail hike? You did a slack pack to kind of begin, um, but did you have any other small hikes that you did or any planning before beforehand? Not, I mean, it's going to sound bad. Not really. I'm really bad
1: about it. <laughs> so when I did the PCT, I got lucky because my dad is like the most epic planner <laughs> ever. <laughs> and yeah. Um, so he was great because he's like this crazy ultralighter who like counts out all his calorie per ounce food, and he's like super prepared. Um, so I started both of both the AT and the Florida Trail immediately after taking um, the bar exam, and so I didn't do really any prep. I just kind of threw a bunch of stuff into my bag and left. <laughs> <laughs> I did the um, date, so I did the the slack pack right by where my parents live because I wanted to get the road walk out of the way. Um, but there was, um, there was like, they were supposed to do a controlled burn in big Cyprus at the terminus and they kept pushing it for like a month. They were like, we're going to do a controlled burn. And I was like, that's great. It'll be done by the time I start, which is, I wanted to start as soon as I took the exam at the end of February. And then March first came and they hadn't done the burn and then it was pushed a week. And so I waited and then it was pushed longer. So I did a slack pack and then it was still pushed. And I was like, I can't, I can't wait any longer. It's March. Like <laughs> yeah, come with the Florida trail, like hiking season's over right now. Like <laughs> I have to get on this trail.
0: <laughs> and so you chose to start in Stark and do a flip flop because yeah. of a big Cypress, then.
1: Yeah, basically. Cause I didn't want to, if I started in, in, at uh, Fort Pickens, I would have hit Big Cypress in like if I'd finished, I would have hit Big Cypress in like May April or May, yeah, yeah like, really, like May or June. Like, and I was like, I feel like I'm gonna die. Like, so um, I have a really, I have a couple really good friends in Gainesville, and so um, you know, I was like, I'm just gonna start in Stark and flip down to you know hike to Cypress and then flip back up to Stark and then go north, and it would have gotten me to. I was, uh, when I got sick, I was going to be, you know, probably the second week in April I would have been finishing at Cyprus and then I would have flipped back up and started North and I would have finished at Navarre, you know, during the, during the perfect beach weather. (laughs) Right. Right.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So you're starting South. Did it feel weird to like start kind of in the middle or was it just like, eh, I'm going for a hike?
1: I mean, I, I, I don't think it ever, I don't know. Like, it felt weird because my dad dropped me off, and like, and he he was really sweet. Like, he's like, "This is the first time like I've ever dropped you and haven't been going with you." And I didn't feel that it was as weird because like I'd done the a- I'd started the AT by myself, and I had dropped like him off at the airport to go do the PCT by him by himself before. So, right. But um, I mean, I guess the Florida trail was just different because like it's not a suit. Like, it's gotten more popular lately, but it's definitely not a popular southbound trail. And it's definitely not a trail that you meet people doing off season. And it's right. definitely not when you meet people doing as a flip flop. So right. I was kind of like, I guess I'm going to hike this whole thing alone. Like, yeah. <laughs> and then I, you know, I got to pass all the North that were still
0: on trail. For very short periods of time. <laughs> yeah, because a lot of them probably would have already been done too.
1: Most of the people I watched finish in February. You know, everyone starts, you know, beginning of January, ends end of February. So most people were done. Um, right. Or were finishing, uh, you know, beginning of April. So I passed a good amount of northbounders going the other way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I don't think I actually, I think I had maybe a few maybe 30 minutes, I hiked with another Southbounder. And that was about it. Wow. Other than when Vaughn from the FT came out and hiked with me.
0: (laughs) Are you um, someone who likes to listen to music or books or anything like that? Or is it just like you like to listen to the woods kind of person?
1: I have gotten better at not listening to music, but I definitely like listening to music. Someone told (laughs) me that I was cheating this, uh, hike. And I looked at them and I was like, I'm sorry, how far are you hiking? Like when you, hike, <laughs> when you're going to hike this whole trail, you can tell me I'm cheating. But if you're just doing this section, you don't get to tell me I'm cheating. Like I'm going to listen to music.
0: Oh man. Yeah. I mean, I think it's so common to see people hiking or listening to music or podcasts or books or whatever. Um, and then I followed, um, wireless, um, for a while and she was like watching movies on her phone.
1: Yeah. I, so... I had friends on the AT that could I mean'm I was pretty I'm pretty slow so like I' a could hike behind me while watching movies which yeah. just made me angry but I mean you know they can do that right um, Yeah so yeah, I'm not that, I'm not that skilled but I definitely uh, you know I mean I think uh, in the morning I would probably start out it, it would just depend if I was not really feeling it I would put on music and try to get you know some miles cranked out. Um, if I really was, you know, enjoying my day, then I would be less likely to hike with music. But if I was
0: just not having a great day on trail, then I would definitely put some music in. Right. Yeah. I was just thinking about that being a solo person in a weird hiking situation where you're not hiking with many other people and, you know, going a different direction that you definitely might need some music or something for some sanity. So Yeah. Well, it's funny. One of my friends always, uh, I
1: always reminisce, and I'm like, I want to get back into the woods. He's like, you. Don't, he's like, you hate the woods. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, I have a text messages to prove it. Like, <laughs> and I'm like, what well, not text you? And I'm having a good time in the woods. Like, <laughs> oh no! I'm having too much fun if I'm not if I'm not if I'm you know not texting you. <laughs> right.
0: Well, and everybody has those moments where it's just like everything's crap, and you're just angry at everything, and. But then you just kind of like come down when you get to a good spot, and you're like, "Oh yeah, that that was just like a moment," <laughs> right? <laughs> so, yeah. So, what about gear? You said you just didn't really plan too much, but I did see you carry a ban- bear canister at least for part of the time. Um, was that um, did you like doing that, or is that just a holdover from like the PCT days?
1: So, I mean, like, I actually really so I'm really lazy. I'm like really lazy. Like, I really hate hanging my food. And I really hate like, yeah, I hate hanging my food. I hated on the AT how like the mice could get into everything, even when you hung your food. I didn't want to deal with it. They had had major bear issues in Ocala this year. And I was like, I'm just gonna bring my canister. But I'd never like I love the pack that I got from Granite Gear. So much it's probably one of my favorite packs. And but I'd never like, like, I didn't really have to deal with my canister I always typically hiked with it in, like, my external, like, Kelty, like, heavy-duty pack. And so I never really used it in an ultralight situation. And it – like, the canister is just so awkward. And it – like, it basically filled up my whole pack. Like, it was my entire pack. I didn't have enough gear to actually, like, pack my pack well enough to make the canister work. And so, like, I don't know. Like, I would – I. I definitely think like I heard people, what they would typically do is they'll unpack all their food into their bag and then they'll like strap their canister on top and then they'll repack everything at night, which, which makes your bag smell like food, but you know, bears and stuff still can't get the food itself. Right. Um, And I think that would really be the way to go with something like a canister because like canisters are actually kind of cool. Like for one thing, like you don't have to hang them. You can just shove them into rocks and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, They're cool little seats. I mean, it's kind of like having, a camp chair, (laughs) but, but, uh, I ended up switching over to an earth. My dad got me an ursac, um, which I ended up switching over to and actually, you know, fits in my pack better than basically morphing my, you know, my ultralight like (laughs) hiking bag
0: into a canister shaped backpack. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, what about, I mean, okay. Yeah, so back, we'll go back to granite gear. Um, you were a um, groundskeeper for them. Can you talk about, I guess, your backpack, whatever, what other gear they may have given you and what that groundskeeper program is?
1: Okay, so um, the groundskeepers program is basically this like group of people that started from this this these two guys that started this program called packing it out and I think they packed out so the whole point of it is um the idea like you pack in and you pack out all your trash right and it was just like this basic idea that people weren't doing that which they don't and so what these two guys (laughs) did is they did the AT and the PCT and on both of those trails they packed out over 900 pounds of trash oh my gosh yeah i mean i think the at was over a thousand and the pct was over 900 or it was like vice versa and granite gear like worked with them they sponsored them they gave them gear and so basically after i think after i think the packing it out's pct hike granite gear was like we really want to start you know sponsoring this and so last year was the first year for the groundskeepers, and they only sponsored through hikers um, for a bunch of the major trails, um, this girl, Dirty Bull did the Florida trail. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I think she, I don't remember how much she packed out. I think it was like maybe 60 pounds of trash. Um, I'd have to check it's on their website. Uh, but, um, this year they decided to do uh, section hikers and through hikers. And so there's through hikers. I know on, I think it was like ATPCT Florida, the Arizona trail, I think had one, um, and then there were section hikers that were taking over different, like, basically parts of the country. Like, there's some in the northwest, in the northeast. um one up in uh, Upper Granikers, out in Minnesota, I'm pretty sure. The Boundary Waters area. Okay. Which would be Minnesota, not Missouri. Those M states get me every time. <laughs> and then, you know, obviously me down in Florida. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> And so the whole point of them is basically they like they, they, they want you to like get out and encourage people to not just like pack it in and pack it out, but leave it better. And so when you see stuff around, you know, the trails like or campgrounds that have been abandoned, like you pack it up and you pack it out. Um, and I know that the groundskeeper on like the AT, he had a similar situation that I had where there was like a whole campground that he ended up packing out. Wow. And then you see that, you know, I mean, I talked to my friends that I met that were flip-flops on the AT that would talk about people who would just drop their, drop their gear the first 15 miles and walk out. And so you've got all this gear just in the woods or, um, you know, for Florida, you have a lot of backwoods dump sites. Yes, yes. And, uh, I, it was really cool because like I'm not obviously going to be able to pack out three mattresses. Like I just <laughs> I don't have the upper body strength. Like right. I know people think <laughs> I might think I'm strong, not that strong. Um, but I mean, I pointed it out, and the people who mean, the trail maintainers in the area, I got contacted by one of the angels, and he's like, "Hey, can you just let us know where that is, like the mile marker, and we'll go in with trucks and take it out." So it's something where it's like all these through hikers were like, oh, wait till you see the, you know, wait till you see the um, mattresses, wait till you see the mattresses. But because I was in this position as a groundskeeper, I was like, oh my God, look at this. And I guess people may, maybe were listening to me in that kind of position. The response I got was like, oh no, we can fix that, which was cool. Right. So that was the whole, the whole point of the groundskeepers was just, is just, is just to, you know. I guess instill this idea that like, no matter how many miles you're doing in a day, you can always carry out a little bit more trash because no one wants to carry extra weight, but you know, if you're packing it in, you know, you should be taking it out.
0: Yeah. And especially if you're not a day or two from, you know, somewhere you can be able to, you know, dump that trash out to a real, you know, trash can.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely.
0: (laughs) Yeah. But I, I know what you're talking about about some of those crazy places where you would just find basically open dumps and I, you know, what one, one was in Apalachicola Ap- and others were on some of those private timberlands and the private timberlands is, you know, probably not much you could really do other than, I don't know. It's that's their problem with their, their lease hunter leases. So, right. Um, but yeah, the Apalachicola, uh, I, I kind of thought maybe the forest service would do something about that, but I'm sure they have their hands full themselves. So, <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's hard because those family dump sites, they're just so instilled in the culture of that area. But, you know, I mean, it's something and the groundskeepers, like, we talk to each other. Um, you know, we heard each other on trail. And one of the things I would talk, I was talking to one of the other groundskeepers about is we were sharing stories of talking to people who just didn't get it. They just didn't know. Like she was talking to someone who didn't realize how, you know, what happened when they threw trash out of their car window, you know, and I'm a person who sat there on roadwalks picking up Oh my you know, gosh. Trash, and then you realize that people just don't think about it. They're like, oh, I've always thrown trash out of my window. And they're like, you're like, why? Like, why are you throwing trash out of your window? Like, why are you doing that? You know, like what, how did you not think of that? But they just did it.
0: Well, and I was, that's something I feel like I've noticed in the last five years or so, like people throwing trash out is becoming more common once again, where I feel like there was a lull, like, I don't know, in the nineties and early two thousands, maybe it's just me thinking this, but it seemed like it was less common, but I feel like maybe that education, maybe we thought we'd done better. We haven't passed that on to some people. Yeah. (laughs) So, but yeah, the road walks were the worst and beer cans and oh gosh, I'm sure you saw all of that. And what about, I mean, you said you talked to the other groundskeepers. I mean, are you all having similar situations on other trails, finding the same kind of trash and, and same situations?
1: Yeah, I mean, we each find like our own weird stuff. I know somebody found like a hammer on a trail. I think that was Bangerang He found like a hammer. Um, you know, we find camping gear. Uh, everyone, we had this joke where we were going to figure out the beer, the official beer cans of each of the national season. Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> so it was like, I think mine was like Core's Light. Like, I think uh, the CDT ended up being like, like Bud Budweiser or something like they were different (laughs) like that's funny you know like I'm sure one of them was probably Natty like we're just gonna figure out you know which uh what beer company was to blame obviously for it right (laughs) problem um one thing that I didn't think I'd find in Florida and I was really really upset because I was like you know you know all excited about like not being a PCT groundskeeper because of the toilet paper situation. Mm. And I found it all the time. So much toilet paper. I was not happy.
0: <laughs> mm. People can't, can't bury their, uh, their waste. That's interesting. You know,
1: I thought, I guess I had hoped that people in Florida were just like stuck up enough. They would just hold it until the cuts.
0: <laughs> but that wasn't the case. <laughs> no, I, I, and it's, you know, and it's, it's usually just like, the ladies, I feel like it's the ladies who are afraid of digging the hole or touching things it's, in the wild. So the
1: other thing too, though, that I really got, and I actually got, um, I, the couple of girls that I I was hiking off and on with on the AT in my section then, um, they gave me a weird look when I talked about it. But after the piece, when I got on the PCT, my um, my dad found it. Um, people that use P rags, all the mm-hmm. girls rags like that's like I love that thing I mean it's upsetting when you get your pee rag and your snot rag mixed up but you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> other than that it's great and uh I think the big thing is like the most times I ever heard women talk about not burying their toilet paper properly or packing it out like I don't appreciate like I don't like the fact that people bury it I think you should pack the whole thing out but people when they a lot of girls were like well I just bury it when I go to like when I pee and I'm like, why don't you use a pee rag? like, that's gross. I'm like, it's gross having to pack out your toilet paper too. Like, right. <laughs> it's really nasty
0: when I have to come pick up your toilet paper. Like, <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, okay, so let's switch gears from trash um, <laughs> to um, let's talk about. You said you hiked after Hurricane Irma last year, and I know there was quite a bit of trail damage. And and from talking with um, um, Abe, who who did the section the rice creek section uh cleaning Mm -hmm. up that but what was your experience like uh being on the trail with trail damage
1: so i did from stark down to clewiston and i really didn't see any like there really wasn't any damage i had great trail great 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 trail maintenance like the whole time um i feel like i got there because so like um my experience with the florida Trail. And what I know about them is they kind of do maintenance the same period of time that trail hiking season is because you can't really do maintenance right now because it's too hot. Right. Okay. And so, like, I think starting so late, I had actually gotten there at the end of, like, trail maintaining season. And
0: so, like, everything was really nice. (laughs) (laughs) And it hadn't become summer, so I hadn't gotten grown over yet either. I was
1: in, like, this sweet trail maintenance spot where, like, they had actually, like, fixed all the problems from a, from the hurricane and like the water levels were low and um nothing was overgrown yet and like everything was pristine like it i mean i had a great i don't remember having any issues except for i had one issue in the new section and i just i just lost the blazes and because gut hook hadn't been updated yet i got lost and had to just kind of bushwhack <laughs> but that was my own fault <laughs> for not paying attention
0: Right. Right. Um, yeah. So also because you had, you know, kind of an eclectic hike, um, you kind of talked about adjusting your attitude from feeling like things you should be doing as a hiker to kind of just finally just letting go and enjoying yourself, like realizing you didn't like night hiking. Um, can you talk about kind of adjusting those expectations for yourself, um, and, and how you kind of adapted and evolved? Yeah. I mean, so,
1: yeah, I I think there's always, like, for me, there's always a big, like, push to get the miles I think I should be doing down. And, uh, like, on the AT, I really felt it because, like, in Maine, you're not going to do big miles. And I was, like, livid that I was doing, like, 10 and under or, like, 15 and under. So when I started Florida, I was like, all right, 20-mile days. I'm going to knock this trail out, you know it's going to get done. I'm going to be done. It's going to be great. I'm going to be done with the trail. And eventually like I got to a point, um, and what had happened? Well, so what happened was like my first day, I, I slack packed, um, my parents' house on my first day in Stark, I slack packed and a friend picked me up. And then my next day I was like, not going to do like, I think I did like 23 miles, which was not my initial plan. And the only reason I did that was because I did like 15 and I was like, you can't just do 15. That's nothing. And so then I pushed, but the next like nine or eight miles were all road. Mm. So There was nowhere to camp. Right. So I got to Etanaya, And I was like, you know, I, I rolled in to Etanaya like at like, I don't know, like 1am, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely miserable, like <sighs> super upset. It was raining. I was like, It was like my second day on this trail. I was just so over it. And I was like, why did I do that? Like, that was awful. I'd been night hiking, which I hated for, you know, what, four or five hours at that point. Like, I was so upset. And like, I set up camp in this spot that was not the campground I thought I was going to be at because I was just so tired and I obviously didn't find a great flat spot without any roots. And so sleeping was miserable. I didn't put my rain fly on and it rained. And I was like, what? I was like, this is awful. This is a terrible first day. And it was a terrible first day because when I had stopped eight miles earlier at this really pretty, like nice, campground with like bathrooms and like a swimming hole and like all this stuff you know that I could have just had like a nice night at by myself I had gone no I want to push miles and I'd push miles and after that I was like I'm not doing this anymore like I didn't have fun this was miserable like I don't right. want to talk here it's the second day and um, luckily shortly after that I got to Ocala where <laughs> It's like this really nice section. (laughs) And so I was able to sort of change my mindset to being in more of like a, like, I'm just going to kind of do the miles I want to do and just stop. Because I was never, I've never been very good at like, like, that was something that was really nice on the PCT is like, there's this ability to just hike. And then when you're done, you're done. You just set up camp for the night. Mm -hmm. Um, And on the AT that was in Maine, it was kind of, it felt like it was kind of impossible just because of the terrain like you had to find a campground or a shelter. And when I hit Florida, like it's a little bit of a mix of both. Like I didn't feel super comfortable, like stealth camping by myself. I kind of wanted to be in campgrounds. Um, But at the same time, like if they didn't coincide with where I wanted to stop for the night, I just had to be like, I want to stop for the night here. So that was a big switch for me was just finally getting to a point where like my miles didn't matter as much and sticking to like, this self-prescribed, you know, mileage marker per day, per month kind of didn't, didn't really matter.
0: Well, it's like, why torture yourself and you're out there just to enjoy the trail and not necessarily, you know, be like everybody else. And, and, and then, you know, try to be and then you're unhappy. So,
1: right. Well, that's the whole point is like, I'm, I'm like sitting here miserable in the woods and this is like, you know, my time to like have fun and enjoy myself. So why am I being miserable? Right. And I actually, I, I think I really got to that point at the end of Ocala just because like we were getting this super bad storm in and I was like, you know, I had tried to avoid hiking in the rain and my dad, I'd called him earlier that day and he was like, it's not going to rain the rest of the day. You're going to be fine. Don't even worry about it. And I was like, great. It downpoured the entire rest of the day. Ugh. And I was like, I got to this point where I was so miserable and I just like, just was like, forget it. Like, I'm just not going to be miserable anymore. And then I just wasn't. like, <laughs> right. And I was like, wow, that was really interesting being able to just decide that I wasn't going to be miserable anymore. And then I enjoyed being soaking wet in the middle of the Yukon National Forest, and a thunderstorm with lightning striking way too close for comfort for the next, you know, 10 miles before I got to the campground my friend picked me up at. Like, it's just...
0: Yeah, it's amazing what a perspective shift will do. But also, it's also like, it's also amazing, like, being able to enjoy something, but knowing that at the end, like, your friend's gonna pick you up, or or you're gonna be at a campground that, okay, you're gonna be safe and comfortable and it's going to be okay
1: (laughs) right well and it's also I think the other thing that I kind of had to let go of was like I had to give myself the ability to like be miserable like I had to say like you know what it's okay that you woke up today and you just don't want to hike and it sucks and you're not happy and you're lonely and there's nobody out here and the trail is making you angry and that's okay because like I think the other thing was like having this mentality where like I had to I had to be having fun And I had to enjoy what I was doing. And it's like, I don't always have to enjoy what I'm doing. And I might not always enjoy the sections that I thought I was supposed to. I think my favorite part that I did was the canal walks, which, you know, the water there is, you know, probably what destroyed my body. And that's where I got (laughs) sick and got off. But I loved every horrifying second of the canal walks in the direct sun, you know, like (laughs) I loved it more than in, than being in Ocala and going to the Springs. Like it was my favorite part. And it's, I mean, by all, you know, reason it probably shouldn't have been, but it was.
0: Well, I'm going to definitely take that as, I mean, (laughs) I enjoyed the canal walks, but you would probably never hear anybody say, I love the canal walks. So so I I appreciate that, that, that was one of your favorite uh, sections too. I mean, yeah. There's a lot to be, to be said that's, that's there. That's uh, enjoyable too. Well, speaking of that, I mean, you're a Florida resident, um, mm-hmm. but you said you weren't very outdoorsy growing up. I, you saw all these different habitats and you kind of maybe gained a perspective on what your state has to offer. Um, can you s- talk about how that, how that changed as you were hiking?
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess like so. It was funny. um, I think Backpacker Magazine just came out with like their like top sections of each national scenic trail, and the one that won for the Florida Trail is actually the one that my parents live right next to. And I do that one like I would go and do that one on weekends all the time. And so I guess I kind of thought that that would be like Florida. I was like, oh, it'll all be kind of like this and just flatter, like you know, in roads. (laughs) But um, I think the coolest. I think the coolest section was really just like Ocala had everything, you know, Ocala had the scrub and, you know, like the prairie sections. And then there were parts that I sent a picture to my friend and it looked like Costa Rica, like the jungles in Costa Rica. Right. Right. It had the springs, like, I don't know. Ocala was incredible, but I, you know, it floored me how just diverse the Florida scenery was. Um, And, I, I'm really excited to get to the Suwannee section and to do like Cypress and Apalachicola just because I know that those will be areas that will be totally different from what I saw. But I think, I think the part that really got me was uh like, there's a section that's like grassland, but the grass is like as tall as like you are like, yeah. <laughs> it's like it's foot tall grass. And I was like, where am I? Like, <laughs> What is this? <laughs>
0: Yeah, you don't expect to find that kind of stuff in Florida, but there it
1: is. No, you don't. You know, you really don't. Or like you know, the whole section with um, the whole section down by Kiso where it's like you've got like grassland and then oak. Oh yes, yes, live oak, and you're like what? And then you're immediately grassland again. You're like what? Like. And then you're in, you know, ankle deep water and you're like, what, Like, <laughs> what happened?
0: It's like swamp and upland swamp and upland. Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know, it's, I think it's really interesting how quickly
0: everything can change in the state. Like, I don't know. It was, it was really cool something else that really kind of resonated resonated with me, um, that you wrote, he says single days are like weeks for me on the trail. And I could totally relate to that. Um, and I think many hikers can relate to that, but, um, maybe you want to talk about your perspective on that sentence. I think the best,
1: I guess the best way to fully describe that is like, I would, you know, it's just the difference between like when you call home from being on trail So there'd be days that I would call home, like that I would have called home the day before. And like, I would like text my friend and be like, I haven't talked to you in like days. And he's like, it's been like four hours. And I'm like, "What? (laughs) what, like, no, so much has happened. And I feel like it's because like for trail, when you're on trail, I just, for me, at least like so much happens, like so much happens in the terrain or like if I get lost or I go swimming or I take a nap, you know, or I eat some snack in a really great location. Like each of those moments feels like a full, like a whole day, you know, like, <laughs> right. You know, you know, and God forbid I nap because then I've totally started a new day. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I feel like I'm just like, I'm changing so much each day on trail and I'm having so many new experiences externally as well as internally that, you know, a single day, you know, every moment feels like it's been, you know, a day or a week. And right. so I change so much and it's always just so weird to like reach back out to people who are not on trail and realize that like time really hasn't moved that quickly <laughs> for anyone else.
0: <laughs> right. It's It's like, life life is going on out there but it hasn't yeah i understand i completely understand
1: yeah well it's like my one of my my friend that one of my friends that i met on the at that i hiked with he just finished um his through hike and like you know he and i were talking and we realized it was a, a year ago i was in maine we met you know a year ago we met in maine and i was like how has it been a year it feels like it's been years you know Right. It feels like I've known these people I met a year ago for, you know, a decade. Like, yep. <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> how has it only been a year? Like, this is crazy. Like I hiked the Florida Trail section
0: in March, but that was like March, like four years ago. Right. Like it's been so long. <laughs> and I completely understand on the AT, we would be the same way. It'd be, we would, you know, get with somebody and talk about being at some hostel in Georgia or something. And you, it felt like last week, but yet also felt like it was, four years ago yeah, <laughs> and it had been two months instead, you know, it was right. so much had happened between there that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Time, time is different. Time is different on the trail.
1: Time is very different. It moves very different on trail and it moves different for everything. It's not just you, but it's like with your relationships, you know, like that's why I'm always just, I was talking to a friend of mine and I was like, Why do you meet people on trail and you're just best friends forever? Like trail is yeah. the kind of thing where you walk into someone, and you're like, Hi, we're best friends now, and they're like, Okay, and then you're best friends, like right. <laughs>
0: forever. Like you're never gonna not be best friends. And you suddenly know like so much about them that you would never like ask anybody else, right. like on
1: the street. Like you know, hey, to your to life story. Coffee shop and do that, you know, in Gainesville.
0: Like they'd
1: be know and they'd be like, get away from me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, so yeah, you said you got your bar exam results on the trail too. What was it like getting that? Were you excited or? So I was,
1: my dad was dropping me. I got them in Starbucks on my way to the trail, which was really funny. Oh. <laughs> my dad was dropping me off because I was going to try to finish the Florida, the the northern part of the section that I was doing, um, from my parents' house to Navarre. And, uh, it was weird because like, that's the kind of thing where, I don't know. I was really, I'm really happy with how I got them, but it was also a really interesting experience because like getting like passing the bar is such a big moment and I ended up very much spending it alone. Like I got them and you know, I called my mom and I told her, you know, in a very quick call on the phone before she went to work and I told my dad and you know, then he dropped me off and I was alone in the woods by myself. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and and I posted, you know, that picture on my Instagram, but it was just, it was just a weird moment. Like I'd always thought like, you know, I'd always thought, you know, that I wanted to have this big, I I don't know. I always like had this idea of how passing the bar would go, you know, with, with the people in my life and how I would spend it with them. And, and it was just a really, a really interesting change in that the way it, it ended up happening is that I was sitting alone on a dirt road in the woods, riding that I passed the bar in the sand. Like that was how I celebrated it. Um, and I don't know, like it, it was, it, it was just a weird, it was a weird experience. I, I don't know if it wasn't, it wasn't bad. It wasn't, you know, great. It wasn't, it wasn't anything. It was just how it was kind of supposed to work out and be. Um, so I don't know. It was just an, it was interesting to get it in that way. Um, but the cutest thing is that Granite gear reposted that picture (laughs) (laughs) had a dancing Winnie the Pooh with it, which I thought was the sweetest thing ever. (laughs) Um, It it, it seemed, it seemed almost like, it seemed like, uh, it just seemed like a weird, a weird occurrence in another life. You know, if I had been off trail that week that I found out, I would have been like, oh, this is my life. And I passed the bar, but because I found out and then I went back to my like trail life like it wasn't a goal that I was looking at. You know, my goal was to get to Fort Pickens, and I was like, "Well, I passed the bar, but I have like you know a hundred something miles to do."
0: Right. Like
1: <laughs> that's what I'm doing. That's what I'm looking at right now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's it was like another life or another a facet of yourself that you know it's it's you, but it's not you. Yeah,
1: yeah. That's that's the law person. Trail person's got other things to do. <laughs> Cody Locks, Cody Locks is on trail right now. Like she can't answer the phone. <laughs> she cannot handle passing the bar.
0: Oh, she could be being in the woods. <laughs> we we should, we, had, we didn't even ask you about your trail name. <laughs> How did you get your trail name? Um, so I complain all the time, not just on
1: trail. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, it's it's my favorite. I love that my trail name is that because I, uh, you know, people are like, you complain a lot. I'm like, yeah, and I've got a name for it. So there you go. What are you going to do? Like hike away. Um, so on the PCT, my friend got into a habit of cooking us both dinner because I didn't have a stove. And there was this one night that it was freezing because it's a desert and it's cold in the desert at night. And it sucks because I don't like being cold. Being cold is the worst thing ever. I agree. And I was complaining about how cold it was. Cause we were sitting outside of our sleeping bags cause we cowboy camped in the desert and he was making dinner and it was cold because it was dark. And so he makes dinner and he gives it to me and it's too hot. And I complained <laughs> that it was too hot. And he's like, wow, nothing's ever just right. And he stops and he's like, Goldilocks. And I was like, no, like, no, 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 no. And so we hiked a little bit more and he tried to make it stick. And then we got to this trail angels house, trail angel Monty. And apparently leading up to that, all I had done was to com- complain about how cold I was all the time, and Monty I think is the one that looked and was like, "Yeah, it's really, it's really just when she's cold." And my friend was like, "Coldy locks," and I was like, yeah. "This is never gonna go away." Like, <laughs> you know, I gave him the name Danger Zone, like that's a cool trail. But I mean, your trail name is never gonna be quote cool, you know, like <laughs> so. I ended up, uh, and it was actually on the PCT that I found out that I got into law school. And so I was like, I'll just adopt it into law. And so I changed the spelling and it became, you know, that was my trail name. It's a very unique. You're not going to run
0: into anybody else like that. So
1: yeah, and I was really happy about that. And then I was also really happy that, uh, cause the people call me locks. That's what it defaults to. It's really funny. There's like an age differentiator, like 50 and up will call me, go- will call me Coldy. I don't know mm-hmm. why. And like taking down, call me Locks. And I introduced myself as Locks. Um, but uh my friend really, really, really tried on the AT to get my trail name to switch to Mess, which uh, did
0: not stick, and I was very happy about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, yeah, so post-hike, um, I mean, you 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 ended the Florida trail because of injury. What are your and your goals are to hopefully finish the Florida Trail by the end of this year, correct?
1: Yeah, yeah. My hope is to get. I mean, my dad has decided. You know, when I didn't make it to Cyprus, he said, "Well, we'll do it during December." And I said, "Great, like that's awesome," because he was supposed to do Florida Trail with me. Um, and so, the hope is to once uh, I'm hoping once September hits, the spiders will abate, and I'll be able to finish up the northern part that i've been waiting to do um sometime in october i'm going to knock out the last like 40 40 or 80 miles to excuse me to uh from eglin to fort pickens and then finish cyprus as Cypress would be my last section and i yep. would hopefully end uh at the southern terminus yep. with miles done
0: that's a good that's a good ending yeah what about it would you think you'll end um right around the kickoff or do you want to try to do it you know on your own? I
1: don't know like I mean I definitely want to go to kickoff like I'm really excited to like I really want to meet because um I really like angeling it's like something that I started kind of doing because my parents live close to the trail and I love angeling it's like my 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 favorite thing right after hiking so I would <laughs> love to meet the hikers and like be able to support them when they got closer to me um mm-hmm and go to kickoff and hang out with everyone like that would be cool or billy goat day or something like that. Either one of them would be fun. Um, but it'll really just depend on, you know, when my dad is, is free and wants to do it. Cause he wants to do the section with me and I'm always, always ready to hike with him. Right. Um, you said he, did he go back and finish the PCT? He tried and got bored. And oh. got <laughs> he got to, uh, yeah, he just wasn't feeling it the year he went back, and he got off. Um, so I think that he still wants to do it. Um, I'm not sure what his plans are with it. Uh, we just did, we just did notches, the notches mileage this past winter um, together. So that's our, that was our last one. I don't know what he wants to do next. Well, next would be Cyprus for us. So right, I don't know, I don't know when he's looking to do the PCT again, but I know he still wants to.
0: Right. Well, I think, um, you've, you've come a long way and I, I'm looking forward to seeing you finish the trail for sure. And you're one of the few people I followed this spring. Um, I sometimes go through phases where I, I get like sad because I'm not out hockey hiking, hiking. <laughs> so I don't follow too many people, but yours was your uh, account was one of the ones that I did keep tabs on. And I was excited to see what you're doing with the groundskeepers and just rooting for you the whole day. So I was really bummed when you had to, when you had to quit, but. I'm really free to finish this year too. I am very much hoping that I do. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I would have gone uh, on if I if I thought I couldn't have, but
0: <laughs> the yeah. way it worked out. <laughs> well, do you have any like closing words of advice for um future, you know, through hikers or section hikers or or lashers for on the Florida Trail?
1: Um Yeah, I mean, I guess I would just say definitely try to stick to hiking season. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Definitely try to stick to – I mean, winter winter is the reason – there's a reason why it's in winter. You can do it in the summer, but, you know, you got to be just – you just have to be more in tune with your actual physical capabilities. And if you're going to hike, you know, make sure you're a part of the community. The community saved my butt so many times. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) You know, one of the angels – actually like called me and was like hey i am leaving leaving caches out for you <laughs> like, because you are late, and there's no water and i was like thank you so much like, I <laughs>
0: <die>. <laughs> well that's one of the surprising things is people are worried about the water and but you get you get in late like april may and there isn't any water in some areas yeah, so. or
1: you're drinking canal water which i mean yeah. i don't like I didn't feel like I was dehydrated, but I don't know if your body can absorb the canal water. <laughs> like I don't, I don't know if it's possible. <laughs> uh,
0: well, what's going on in Florida in uh Sanibel Captiva and uh Florida Bay right now is not so great. So I don't know. <laughs> I yeah. kind of tend to agree with you on that one.
1: Well, and on a side note, um I thought it was really cool that I mean everyone I met down there, no matter what their profession was, um we're really interested in the trail and really interested in environmental issues and really not interested in the fact that the water was getting polluted. <laughs> so talk about
0: that. <laughs> right. I think it's a, it's a problem that's almost too big to solve at the moment without some humongous changes. And I don't think people are willing to face the big changes that are needed for that. So it's been talked about for 30 years about fixing the water quality. So
1: well, unfortunately, not a lot of people, you know, get into a situation like we do where they're faced with drinking the water. Right,
0: right, right. <laughs> it's, it's just the wildlife drinking it, not us. Yeah, it's
1: just so. not us. But then as soon as you get down there and you're like, you yeah, know, yeah, I guess
0: right. I'll use this water. And open right. <laughs> well, I, out of uh, – because we, we hiked north and out of the um, – we stayed at the RV resort on the Seminole Reservation, mm-hmm. and I carried way too much water out of that because I was like, I don't want to pump the water out of the canals. I don't want to do that. But then, like, I had serious like leg issues like for a couple days after that because I carried way too much water. So, <laughs> uh, lesson learned: right, like a drink canal water. Right, <laughs>
1: <laughs> or don't. You know, I don't know. I don't know if it was. I think it was heat exhaustion, but it could have been the canal water. <laughs>
0: Well, where can people follow you? I know you have Instagram. Do you have any other uh, social media?
1: Um, yeah, I just have Instagram. I mean, I have a blog that I kind of keep up. Sometimes I don't even remember. It's probably under Amanda Kincaid somewhere. You could probably find it. <laughs> okay, Instagram is definitely the best option. Um, I manically post pictures of nature whenever I'm in nature. So
0: sounds good. Yep. <laughs> Well, thanks for coming on the podcast and um, best of luck on the rest of your miles. Thank you so much.